The biggest stage that the Memphis Grizzlies have been on in terms of postseason opportunity in more than three years, the efforts of this young and talented roster had finally put them in a position to reap the benefits of having a favorable chance to reach the playoffs. The desired goal of this roster from day one of this season after being so close last year. The Grizzlies certainly showed up and in the fourth quarter gave a valiant comeback effort, but unfortunately fell short in a 113-101 loss to the Golden State Warriors. Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you once again, wherever you are and wherever you are listening. Hope that you are having a great start to either your great into your weekend or start to your Monday. In the first segment of the show, we'll get our three takeaways from today's game against the Golden State Warriors. A bit of positive, but also some things to work on, obviously, going forward. And in the second and third segment, we're going to highlight those things to work on. In the second segment, a couple of things from the box score early from today's game that really stood out as areas that need to be corrected quickly by this Grizzlies team. And in the third segment, going to talk about the Grizzlies bench and specifically DeAnthony Melton and why that right now is not the advantage it needs to be for this Grizzlies team to make the playoffs. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz. Myself at Stats SEC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, the podcast app on your phone, wherever you listen. That's where we will be. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering the show now for, or been covering the Grizzlies for three years, been here for a year. And the reason why I'm here every single day giving you all the latest perspectives, news, breaking news, and analysis on the Memphis Grizzlies is because I cherish every opportunity that I have to be able to talk and discuss something that we are all passionate about and it gives me an opportunity to interact with others who are passionate about the Grizzlies as well. And the big reason why is because of where this Grizzlies team is now. A team that, yes, is in the second year of a rebuild, but is now has an opportunity. The, the journey, the path they need to take is set for them to make the playoffs. Before we get into the details, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by the Locked On NBA Podcast NBA Playoffs. The NBA Playoffs are almost here. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So three takeaways from the Grizzlies. Their, their, their path to the playoffs is now set. Unfortunately, it's going to be a bit harder road than many had wanted, including this roster. But in today's game, earlier today, the Grizzlies' performance overall was okay. Yes, they made the valiant comeback. Yes, they actually had a chance to win with a few minutes left on the clock. However, their play overall was not to the level that it needed to be. And of course, one of the big reasons why it needed to be better was the first takeaway, and that is simply Steph Curry. Steph Curry overall, 16 of 36 from the field, 9 of 22 from beyond the arc, 46 points on the night. The Grizzlies knew that they were going to be facing Steph. They knew that this version of Steph is possibly one of the best we've seen in his career, and this was also the first time this roster had really ran into it. This is the first time many on this roster had ever faced Steph. Yes, Steph probably had a better game than many would have liked to have, have him had had against Memphis. But the even bigger takeaway from this is that Steph Curry himself was 9 of 22 from beyond the arc. In this game, the Grizzlies as a team was six of twenty-five from three. That's that's just something that is not going to work 
going forward, especially if the Grizzlies want to make the playoffs. We talked about it on Saturday's Locked On Locked On uh, Grizzlies edition of the podcast. We talked about how the how the uh, Warriors were the significantly better team since April fifteenth when it came to defending the three and how the Warriors also were leading the NBA in three-pointers per game. They've averaged nearly 17 three-pointers since April 15th per game, and it absolutely made all the difference in the world. The Warriors made 15 threes on the night. The Grizzlies only made six. That put the Grizzlies at a 27-point deficit, and we'll get more into detail in the second segment of the show, but they were not able to make up that difference to get out of that hole anywhere else. This Grizzlies team is going to have to shoot better from three. They have the pieces to be able to do that. It's on Taylor Jenkins and his staff to figure out how to get those pieces open for those shots. Because overall, the Warriors did a good job of not letting De'Anthony Melton or Desmond Bain, or Dylan Brooks, or Kyle Anderson. They didn't allow for any of them to get the three to five threes made per game that the Grizzlies usually need from at least one of those sources in order to beat talented teams. So shooting the three ball better is essential for the Grizzlies' success going forward. But what also is essential for the Grizzlies' success is a positive from this game, and that's the second takeaway, the performance of Dylan Brooks on the defensive end and Jonas Valanciunas on the offensive end. Dylan Brooks on the night. He was 2 of 10 from the field through the first three quarters of the game. Obviously, he got into foul trouble as well. That's why he was limited in playing in the third quarter, and that was when the Warriors were able to make their big run to kind of blow the game open. But a reason why they were able to do that is the positive takeaway from Dylan's performance. Overall, Steph Curry was 4-14 for only 11 points through three quarters against Dylan Brooks. That's how Steph did. As a matter of fact, it went a little bit over three quarters. Dylan Brooks did better than most of the rest of the NBA this season against Steph Curry. His efforts, his value was clearly shown on the defensive end of the court. And then in the fourth quarter, which he's done more often lately than many may realize, Dylan was the absolute difference maker. For the first four to five minutes of the fourth quarter, it was Dylan Brooks who was the best player on the court, not Steph Curry. And the result was a 17-5 run by the Grizzlies over like a four to five minute span in which they came back and actually took the lead in the fourth quarter. But unfortunately, Dylan committed his sixth foul against Draymond Green, fouled out, was gone for the remainder of the game. And that's what allowed for the Warriors to then, the Grizzlies went on a 17-5 run to take the lead, the Warriors then went on a 21-10 run in order to close out the game. The other thing that stood out was Jonas Valanciunas. 29 points, 16 rebounds, 6 offensive rebounds. I don't give a damn what Draymond Green said after the game or whatever opinions people may have. Jonas Valanciunas was an absolute monster on the offensive end. The Golden State Warriors didn't have an answer for him. They did not at all. He did his job offensively, yes, he was a negative 13 in the plus-minus column for the game. That is relevant. Some of the offensive value that uh, Jonas provides, some of it is given back on the defensive end. But everybody knows that. The Grizzlies will take his offensive performance all day long, despite the fact that his weaknesses will lower the value overall a bit. The Grizzlies will take the offensive performance from, from Jonas earlier today all day long. And they'll take the defensive performance from Dylan all day long. The issue, though, is is our third takeaway, is that Jonas's offensive performance was far and away the best offensive performance the Grizzlies had. And the problem is, is that if Jonas is far and away our best offensive talent, 
that means the threes are not falling. And in a playoff setting like the Grizzlies will be playing in going forward, that is not a good outcome. And the third takeaway is basically that of the six players who stood out as being the best players on the court earlier today between the Grizzlies and the Warriors, those six players were Steph, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Jordan Poole for the Warriors, and then Dylan Brooks and Jonas Valanciunas for the Grizzlies. Notice I didn't say John Morant or Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, this is the first time in their career that Jaron and Ja have played together on this type of stage. Jaron was not available for the Grizzlies game last year in their playing game against the Blazers. The problem is, is that you kind of expected for this to occur. The Golden State Warriors are a very good defensive team, probably better than many want to give them credit for. And they limited Jaw and Jaron to 12 of 34 from the field, 3 of 13 from 3. Jaron had five fouls. That limited him to being on the court at times. And then Jaw had four turnovers. That combination, the Jaw and Jaron struggled. And it's not really a surprise with as young as they are. I'm not trying to make excuses. This was just the first time that they had ever played in a playoff type setting. And they were playing against Steph Curry and Draymond Green. One of the most decorated duos in playoff history in the NBA. It's no surprise that they really struggled. The thing is, though, is that even though it was no surprise, they must improve quickly. Because straightforward, if Jonas is the best offensive player, and he needs to be a monster for the rest of this week for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs, but either Jaw or Jaron or both of them, when they're on the court, they have got to step up. And in every remaining game going forward for th this week for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs, Jaw, Jaron, or both have to step up and have to be among the best players in the game when they're on the court. That's got to be something that's realized for this Grizzlies team to be able to make the playoffs. And I think that there's a good chance that it will happen because of how quickly this team can learn, grow, and adapt. So yes, the Grizzlies did struggle from three. That's got to change. Jaw and Jaron need to be better. They know that. They'll be the first ones to tell you that. Jaw did it, said that exact thing in the post-game media session. But if Jaron and Dylan can be a reliable offensive force on offense for um, um, Jonas, and Dylan can be a reliable defensive performance, and then Jaw and Jaron can step up their games, that's going to be a big base for this Grizzlies team to work off of going forward. But besides the individual performances of several of their most important players, the Grizzlies also have to get back at creating advantages through the things that they do well. Coming up, we'll look at the box score from earlier today and show how the Grizzlies have got to be able to create advantages if they're going to struggle from three later on this week. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who makes your life easier, you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post screen and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests, that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You could choose from more than 130 uh, skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. 
Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts as Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit in Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. On the Tuesday episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, frequent guest and one of the favorite folks that we love to have on the show when it comes to talking Grizzlies, Grizzly Bear Blues site manager Joel Molinax will be with us for Tuesday's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, talking all things Grizzlies as they prepare for their path to the playoffs. So looking back again at earlier today, for the game. Obviously, we talked about the individual performances when it comes to the starters, you know, and that's that's the thing that stands out is that Jonas and Dylan played to the level that they need to play to. Jaw, Jaron, Kyle, and others now have to do the same in order for this Grizzlies team to make the playoffs. But one other key ingredient that allowed the Warriors to be able to take control of the game at times, especially when Dylan was off the court, was they themselves did the one thing better in today's game than the Grizzlies in a, in a way that the Grizzlies, that typically doesn't happen. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies at their own game. And what I mean by that is, is that they were playing with more energy and effort for the overwhelming majority of the game. Now, a lot of lucky bounces, a lot of, you know, things outside of both teams' control went the Warriors' way. No doubt about it. That is fair to say. But in terms of 50-50 balls, in terms of making the hustle plays, in terms of grabbing offensive rebounds, so on and so forth, those things stood out in the Warriors' favor. And with Steph performing like he was, the Grizzlies already had very little room for error. The Grizzlies had to play close to flawless basketball to be able to win today's game, and they didn't. And even in areas where the Grizzlies typically create their advantages, they were not able to do it. And it stood out. It stood out as a big, big detriment to this Grizzlies team, especially when they were not able to shoot the three. I mentioned it on Twitter earlier today. If the Grizzlies are not going to shoot the three well, they're going to have to have as many areas of advantage as possible to win the possession battle while also defending the three well. Now, in the second half of the game, in the first half of the game, it was not there at all for the Grizzlies. As a matter of fact, in the first 36 minutes of the game, this Grizzlies team did not find a lot of success being able to create advantages through the areas that it usually does. But, at the end of the day, this Grizzlies team did have nine more shots, nine more field goal attempts than the Warriors did. That is a positive sign. That's encouraging, especially in the second half when the Grizzlies were able to have seven more field goal, goal attempts than the Warriors did in the second half. The problem is, is that that basically came in a five-minute stretch in the start of the fourth quarter. Beyond that, the Grizzlies were pretty much matched by the Warriors when it came to the number of shot attempts. The reason why that's important is because if more of the Warriors' shot attempts are resulting in threes being made, and the Grizzlies wind up at a deficit of 15 threes for the Warriors to six for the Grizzlies, they're going to have to make up that difference somewhere else. And unfortunately, in this game, the Grizzlies were not able to do that. When they did make up that difference for a short time, they got back in the game. But because they didn't do it for the majority of the game, that's why the Warriors had significant stretches where they just absolutely were kicking the Grizzlies' ass. Let's look at it this way. 
The Warriors were able to shoot 50, were able to make 15 threes to the Grizzlies six. So if that's the case, where do the Grizzlies make up that difference? Well, they did well they so they did in shot attempts. They had nine more shot attempts. But the problem is the Warriors made 41 field goals while the Grizzlies made 40. So despite having nearly 10 more shot attempts, the Grizzlies didn't make up for their deficit of threes in that area. The Grizzlies had 19 free throws and made 15 of them. The Warriors had 18 and made 16. So despite the Grizzlies having one more free throw, the Warriors still made more free throws. When it came to rebounding, the Grizzlies were out-rebounded 46-39 by the Warriors. The Grizzlies themselves, one of the best offensive rebounding, second-chance point teams in the league. They they got 12 offensive rebounds along with the Warriors. So again, no advantage created through offensive rebounds. The Grizzlies had 25 assists to the Warriors' 26 assists. So both teams got similar value when it came to playmaking. The big area where the Grizzlies did have a clear advantage was in turnovers. They forced the Warriors to commit 20 turnovers. We talked about it in Saturday's Locked on Grizzlies podcast. One area where the Grizzlies had a significant advantage was turnover margin, and they were able to do that four or five minutes in the fourth quarter to get back in the game. But they didn't do it for the majority of the game. And the problem is, is that even though the Warriors, or the, the Grizzlies made the Warriors commit 20 f- turnovers to the Grizzlies' own 13 turnovers that they committed, the Grizzlies were only able to have a one-point advantage in points off turnovers. Fast break points, the Grizzlies only had a, a plus two advantage. In the paint, the Grizzlies were able to have a 14-point advantage. But again, in no area other than points in the paint were the Grizzlies able to have a significant advantage, and that's why this Warriors team was able to play comfortably ahead for most of the game. That's why it's so important for this Grizzlies team to find balance and why they it's essential for them to do a few things if they're not going to shoot the three well. If the Grizzlies shoot the three well, that's why it's so important. The Grizzlies shooting the three well gives them a margin for error. It takes pressure off of having to do other things. Well, the one aspect of the game at shooting the three well means that there's multiple areas where you may not have to perform as effectively. But if this Grizzlies team is going to struggle to shoot the three, they've got to be able to, number one, create extra possessions, and number two, take advantage of them through creating turnovers, which they did. But they've also got to out-rebound their opponents. They're going to have to foul less, commit fewer turnovers. That's what this Grizzlies team is going to have to do. And though they did commit, they, they were able to force more turnovers than they committed, they did not make up for it when it came to points off those turnovers. So that's the thing that stood out in this game beyond Steph and beyond the difference shooting the three from both teams is that the Warriors beat the Grizzlies at their own game when it came to the Warriors being the team that was the aggressor. They were more urgent, played with more energy and effort. The Grizzlies just do not have the overall talent to let their opponent out-hustle and out-effort them. Because a lot of the Grizzlies' areas of advantage depend on hustle and effort. And if they're going to struggle to shoot the three, the Grizzlies are going to have to make up those deficits by generating advantages through hustle and effort, getting offensive rebounds, creating turnovers, getting on the fast break, passing effectively. That's how this Grizzlies team is going to find their advantage. And going forward, they have no choice. If they're not going to shoot the three well, they've got to create advantages through energy and effort and through defending the three. 
If they don't do, do those two things and they struggle to shoot the three, the Grizzlies' chances of winning is going to be reduced significantly. And their chances of beating the Spurs and then one of the Lakers and the Warriors in back-to-back efforts in order to make the playoffs, that seems to be a very tall task if the Grizzlies cannot shoot the three and they also either can't defend the three or get out-hustled and, and, you know, through energy and effort by the opposing team. That's a big takeaway from this game is that the Grizzlies, the one thing that they do well is play with consistent energy and through the stats that are influenced by hustle, effort, and energy, they consistently produce advantages. They did find more shot possessions. They found enough of them to create a significant difference in today's game. They've got to take advantage of converting. Basically, the Grizzlies need to get back to playing what they do well. They need to make sure that if the bread and butter of their offense is producing in the paint, and creating opportunities through turnovers and fast break and second chance points or whatever, they've got to make sure those things are all performing at an elite level for this team to have the best chance to win. But beyond those statistical advantages that the Grizzlies can create by playing with effort and energy, and by also being able to play disciplined, one other advantage that really, really is concerning, not only from earlier today, but also from the past few weeks, is the Grizzlies bench. Coming up, we'll discuss how the bench has kind of faltered over the last few weeks, the one source that can create a difference in DeAnthony Melton, and why it's so important that Melton and the bench unit overall gets back to the advantageous talent ability that it has for this Grizzlies team this week. Playoff season is here in both the NBA and the NHL, and especially in the NBA. It's going to be an exciting week with every game this week basically being an elimination game for eight teams, four in the West, four in the East. And if you're part of your fandom is wagering and betting on sports, it doesn't get more exciting than this time of year. Maybe at other times with the Super Bowl and other playoffs and in different sports, maybe March Madness. But this just goes to show that no matter where you are when it comes to an actual calendar, the sports calendar never disappoints. And one place that has you covered for your wagering betting needs is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device and put in the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Listen, we all want to do what we can to be healthier when it comes to our daily routine. And one area that I can tell you could really help is basically the choices that you make when it comes to what you eat. Well, one thing that I can tell you will be a boost to your day and your health is Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And the great thing about it is, is you can have it in the morning as breakfast, the afternoon as a snack, and you can choose from over 18 different flavors to enjoy. No matter what your taste preferences are, there's likely a flavor that you're going to enjoy. Also, if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and you put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make Built Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. 
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, how worried should Lakers fans be about their road back to the finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with great host Peter Bukowski with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So, you know, the whole idea behind this podcast is looking at ways, you know, taking away from the game against the Warriors early here today looking at the positives, the things that need to be in place going going forward on a positive end for this Grizzlies team. And in terms of Dylan Brooks' performance as well as Jonas Valanciunas, you want those performance from those guys. But you also know that there are plenty of areas where this Grizzlies team has to get better at. And though they may not get better in all areas, they need to get better in the majority of them to be able to have a chance to make the playoffs. John and Jaron playing better, the Grizzlies shooting better from three, and the Grizzlies showing better energy and effort in order to create advantages where they usually can in most games. Those are needed areas for this Grizzlies team to get back on track. But another key, key area is the Grizzlies bitch. Now, the Grizzlies are a team that's known for depth. They are known for being one of the deepest rosters in the NBA, but they're not necessarily known for being one of the most talented at this point in time, and it's understandable. They're the youngest team in the league. The problem when it comes to playoff scenarios, though, is that you're not going to sit here and play 10 to 12 people on a nightly basis. You're going to shorten the number of players that you play on a nightly basis. That means that your starters are going to play more often, and let's be honest, the Grizzlies have one of the weaker starting units when it comes to teams that are still in play. Of the 20 teams that are still in play for the playoffs right now, I think I think it's fair to argue that this Grizzlies team has one of the lesser talented starting units, and that's fine. That's that's where they are right now, being in the second year of a rebuild. But I do think that it's also fair to say that this Grizzlies team does have one of the stronger bench units, and if the starting unit for the Grizzlies is not up to par with a lot of teams that the Grizzlies will be playing for them to make the playoffs, and once they get to the playoffs, hopefully, the Grizzlies bench has to be a place of advantage for this team. The Grizzlies bench has to be advantageous. While the Grizzlies' depth may not shine when it comes to the starting lineups, their depth does shine in that this Grizzlies bench should be more talented than a lot of other teams' benches that they'll face. But the problem is, right now, that bench is not. And it's been that way for a bit. Let's look at some of the numbers here. Through April 14th of this year, when it came to the Grizzlies bench, the Grizzlies bench was fourth in the NBA through their first 53 games of the year. This Grizzlies bench was fourth in the NBA in scoring at 39.5 points per game. This Grizzlies bench was sixth in field goal percentage in the league among NBA reserve units. The Grizzlies were also fourth in the league when it came to three-point shooting from their bench units. And in terms of the and they were ninth in the league in terms of three-pointers made among the reserve units. And another big key was when it came to assists, this Grizzlies team was second in the league in assists. And they were all they also led the league in steals. So this bench unit for the Grizzlies was easily a top five bench unit in the league. And another big thing about them is not just because of the play of Brandon Clark and others, it was because other people had stepped up. This Grizzlies unit, just like last year when it was a top five unit, due to the efficiency of Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and others, this year it stepped up to be a top five unit because of its three-point shooting, mainly thanks to Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, and the defensive ability of the Grizzlies bench unit. 
So through April 14th of this year, this Grizzlies bench unit was a big reason why the Grizzlies were playing very well, especially in early April. But the problem is, is that as the Grizzlies got healthier and they attempted to use different rotations to try to find the right situations to feature players, this Grizzlies bench unit has absolutely declined. They have certainly regressed. Since April 15th is now when you look at many of the categories where, you know, through April 14th of this year, many of the categories where the Grizzlies reserve unit was in the top six of the NBA. Since April 15th, this Grizzlies bench unit has certainly declined. In terms of points per game, this Grizzlies bench unit since April 15th is 14th in the NBA. They were top four in field goal percentage through April 14th this year. But since April 15th, this Grizzlies bench unit is 24th in field goal percentage. They are 18th in three-point field goal percentage. Through April 14th of this year, the Grizzlies were a top four team shooting the three per game. Since April 15th, they've dropped to 18. And actually, over their past 15 games, this Grizzlies bench unit is the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. An absolute drop-off when it comes to offensive productivity. They're still top six in assists. They were number seven in assists since April 15th among NBA reserve units, and they're also fifth in steals. But across the board, this Grizzlies bench unit went from being elite when it came to shooting, scoring, and defense to now they're still pretty good when it comes to defense, but very much below average. And the advantage that they created through shooting the three off the bench has absolutely plummeted to where, again, over their past 15 games, which basically is the last three weeks, this Grizzlies team is the worst three-point shooting reserve unit in the NBA. A big reason why this Grizzlies unit, reserve unit has fell off is because of the lack of productivity from DeAnthony Melton. Over the past 17 games that he's played since April 15th, DeAnthony Melton is averaging 7.1 points per game. He is shooting 34.2% from the field, including 33% from three. Averaging 2.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists, one, one steal, and, and nearly one block a game. In, plus, in terms of plus-minus per game, Xavier Tillman is at a negative 1.1 when he's been a, a, a net positive all year long. DeAnthony Melton has significantly followed off. He's averaging a negative 1 per game. Tyus Jones is averaging a negative 1. Brandon Clark is averaging a negative 2.2. This Grizzlies bench unit has absolutely gone from day to night in terms of its productivity over the past month. When you consider where it was for basically the first four months of the season, and then you compare it to where it's been the past month, this Grizzlies bench unit has turned from a clear asset, one of the best bench units in the NBA, into unfortunately a clear liability. They, this, the Memphis Grizzlies cannot afford for their bench unit to be a liability going forward. It has to be an asset. The problem is, is that this is requiring all of the players off the bench, especially DeAnthony Melton, to immediately reverse course, to immediately reverse a course that has been going for the past month. Melton, Bain, Jones, Clark, the whole lot when it comes to the Grizzlies reserves, they have to be able to once again find the success that they need in order to move forward. Hopefully, having about two and a half days off, basically the, the equivalence of three days off 
before their game on Wednesday will allow for them to do that. But one big area of boost, one big area where the Grizzlies need the boost that they're going to need to make the playoffs is they're going to have to have an overwhelming advantage when their second unit plays the second unit of their opponents. And that's especially true if this Grizzlies team is going to figure out a way to get through San Antonio with Patty Mills and others, and then also potentially have to once again get through the Warriors with Jordan Poole and others. The Grizzlies have the talent to, on any given night, have their bench unit be a clear advantage. The depth and talent on the Grizzlies bench should allow for them to be in place to gain an advantage through their second unit playing any other team's second unit any given night. It's got to get on track to do that once again. Don't mean for there to be a negative tone to today's podcast, but just plenty of areas where the Grizzlies need to improve. Again, don't expect for the Grizzlies to be able to just absolutely reverse course and become overwhelmingly productive in all these areas. But when it comes to John Jaron's performances, shooting the three, given energy and effort in order to get those hustle stats back to them being advantageous for the Grizzlies, and then getting the bench, especially the play through DeAnthony Melton, back where it needs to be, if the Grizzlies could at least see significant improvement in three out of those four areas, I really do like their chances on at least Wednesday night. The Grizzlies got one more chance to get it right to continue their season, because over the next two games... It's do or die. It's it's win or go home. This Grizzlies team, more often than not, has performed well in those type of situations. But it's not just one or two areas where they've got to improve. It's across the board where the Grizzlies need improvement. And they've shown they can do it in quick fashion from the previous week. From this previous week over their last homestand when they were 4-0. If they play like they did for the majority of that homestand on Wednesday night, I like their chances to win. But that includes the bench getting better, this Grizzlies team playing more disciplined, and at least one or job Jaron stepping up. I have faith that they'll be able to do it, but they've got to do it quickly to extend their season. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Joe Molinex, site manager of Grizzly Bear Blues, will be with us to, for Tuesday's episode. It's always a pleasure. My name is Sean Coleman. Again, find the show at Locked on Grizz. Myself at Stats SAC, the podcast, wherever they're available. Listen, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Until next time, hope you have a great start to the week. It's an exciting time of the year. Hopefully this Grizzlies team will get a bit better and get the job done on Wednesday. We'll give you all the coverage that we can through the Locked on Grizzlies podcast leading up to the matchup with the Spurs on Wednesday night. Until next time, it's been a pleasure being with you. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.